Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast. Drop your trick-or-treat bag every week. Back on track. Back on track. We're here. We're doing Until it. Until I take next weekend off. You're like, I'm busy. Doing what? I, got, I don't, I don't, I don't want to come outside. I'm depressed. That, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that could be true. <laughs> Aren't we all? How can you not be living in this world now? That's true. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I'm Rocky. Blaze! And this week we are talking about 1987's Angel Heart, a psychological horror neo-noir uh-huh. starring Mickey Rourke and Bobby D. Nero. Ah, R- yes. R- R- Robert. We call him Bobby D. R- R- well, we're, we're on first first name basis with uh, old Bob. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Bobby. Bobby D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, man, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we're going to have all the other segments as well. We're going to be talking about a spooky horror video game. We're going to be talking about we are. spooky horror tell. We're going to have a sign-off. We're going to have all the stuff. Yep. Did uh, you ever talk to Ryan? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Ryan, DOA, yes. Is that next weekend? No. Next week, we'll be talking about Hellraiser Bloodline. Hell yeah! <laughs> because we had a poll. We had a poll, and uh, thank you for who voted in it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to decide. Yeah. We didn't know if we were going to do Angel Heart or Hellraiser Bloodline. Minus it doesn't leave a lot of space for my VHS tapes. Oh, no. Tapes. How unfortunate. Well, listen, Hellraiser Bloodline is about as bad as... <laughs> As any of the tapes we normally watch. True. So, uh, but yeah, we put a poll on our story um, on Instagram. And on there, Angel Heart won. Because, again, what, what, what do you want to hear next? Angel Heart or Hellraiser Bloodline. Uh, also known as Pinhead in Space. Space. Um, Gentlemen. I also put the poll on my, my story. Um, and more people voted for Hellraiser Bloodline on that one. But adding them all together, Angel Heart still won by like one yeah. point, I think. Uh, so oh, next week, that's what we'll talk about. Yeah. But this week, we'll be talking about Angel Heart, which is a movie I really like, a cult horror film that I really dig. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, what's going on with you, Blaze? How you well, this, uh, this past speaking week? of cult followings, <laughs> I finished Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, you watched all of it. How many episodes is this first part? The first part's four episodes. Oh, that's all? That's it. Yeah. Really? And then the next part's four episodes. No shit. No, pretty sure. Oh, I thought it was like, oh, then why the fuck? They're I longer. It? Yeah, I heard they're like at least an hour long each. They're like 40, 48 to an hour. Oh, I thought it was how long the regular episodes were. I don't were. fucking know, man. <sighs> Time is on your side, Blaze. Doesn't like, feel like it. No, it's not because you're old as shit. That's true. <laughs> like you're 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 aging like the Stranger Things kids. <laughs> Sitting on the floor doing this podcast is hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hurting people listening to us also, so it's fine. Um, yeah, so I almost started watching it. Yeah, I know people are losing their shit over the fourth episode. Uh, I, I don't, don't know. know why. I I don't even know what happens in it. Um, something to do with what Sam is that the girl's name? Yeah, Max. 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 Um, I guess something happens with her, and now everybody's like, hey, have you heard this song? Have you Running heard this up song? a hill? Running Fuck yes, I've heard that it's song. Like, yeah, and now like, it's ruined for me. That, now it's going to yeah. be fucking ruined for me, because everyone's going to be playing it everywhere. Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, it's that song from Stranger Things. And I'm yeah. like, Fuck 
you, Kate Bush was a saint. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Kate Bush version is amazing. That cover version. Uh, what is her name? I can't remember her With name. That awesome she music does video. Such a fucking great cover. It's a, gov- it's a great cover. Great music video. Yeah, she's. Like she, I actually pages. went and yeah. listened to her other stuff. She's really good. Yeah, cool. I really dig her. Um, but uh, yeah, so watch Stranger Things. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's good. Like, I mean, it's not like anything to say. It's not like shitty or anything. I will say it's like. It's As things. somebody who plays D and D, because this this villain is named after a D and D character, also, right? Yeah, most of them are. But <laughs> well, yeah, the Demogorgon. Yeah, of course. And in fact, I have a character that follows Demogorgon in one of our campaigns. Um. Okay. But yeah, it's not <laughs> it, it's not the Demogorgon. Demogorgon's one of the the demons in the book that you can follow, but. So I think the Demogorgon. <laughs> okay, nerd. <Continue. laughs> while you while you explain this, let me pull this comic book that's like right here and read it. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, we get it. Like, a bunch of nerds are playing D and D, and they're seen as weird in school. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So original. Even then, though so remember D and D's like more mainstream than it's ever been. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how are the '80s references <laughs> in this season? They actually slow down. Did they really? They slow down, which is nice. Because nice. at first, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm choking on references. Sure. And then finally, it's like, okay, we're gonna focus more on the story. I'm like, okay, cool. This isn't too bad. Yeah. It was. It was. I mean. So are they? Fi- are they fading? F- fading. Jesus Christ. Are they fighting what basically is Freddy Krueger? <laughs> no. Okay. So. I mean, no, like Robert I said, only England saw. Is not Vecna. Okay, but he. I, I've seen him in the show. Yeah. Where they have that complete rip off of Sansa of Lambs. For a very brief moment. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But he's great in it. Well, he's great. Well, I can't say he's great in everything. He's game. He's game in everything. He is. I a, don't know. Mangler was pretty good. <laughs> no, that's what I was gonna say. That's what that that was the first thing I thought of right before I said that. I'm like, well, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> what about what was it? Twenty ten thousand maniacs or something? Oh yeah, the uh, remake, the Ooh, one that Eli Roth not, produced. That was not fun. Was it twenty thousand? Or two, I don't know. Was that two thousand because it came out two thousand? Forty eight thousand maniacs. <laughs> Whatever it was, it wasn't very good. Um, just watch the original. HGL one, original Herschel Gordon Lewis one. Um, well, uh, please I mean, smack things more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, jump scares <laughs> in our horror podcast. <laughs> uh, oh God, it went down the wrong channel. Isn't it spooky? <laughs> yeah, you made a uh, cheap Miskatonic uh, reviver. I did. Uh, I don't have the ingredients to make a regular one, but. Uh, you did just mix orange liqueur and melon liqueur, and it probably just tastes like cough medicine. And guess. water. Oh, great. <laughs> well, at least it's, you're going to be it hydrated, less I guess. Um, other TV news. Uh, they they released some of The Boys. They released the third season of The Boys. Have you watched I still it haven't watched any. I haven't watched the second season. <laughs> I haven't watched any of that. I haven't watched any of Moon Knight. I haven't watched any of Kenobi. Uh, I watched the first two episodes. I watched the third episode of Kenobi. But I, hear I heard it's, it's great. I hear it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I hear spoilers. I think people already know, but Vader shows mm-hmm. up in the third episode. Pretty, pretty badass. I'll watch it. Um, well, re- I didn't know that, so thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> uh, raised by Wolves. Did you watch that show? Nope. Well, it's canceled. So. 
<laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> News. <laughs> did you hear about the Twisted Metal show they're developing on HBO? I did. You see who they cast as Sweet Tooth? Uh, didn't they get a wrestler to do no. it? No. Who well, it? maybe for the body. But who's doing Sweet Tooth's voice? No. Uh, Will Arnett. Oh, that works. Yeah. I like Will Arnett. He's underrated. Yeah, he's a good voice actor. And I think he's Dude, a Murderville was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Did yeah. you watch it? No. Murderville is so fucking no. funny. I like, uh, I like Will Arnett. Yeah, I mean, he's fucking hilarious. But uh, what was your relationship with the Twisted Metal games? Are you a Twisted uh, Metal kid? The, the first one I ever played was Twisted Metal Black. And I was awesome. like, oh, this is so dark and crazy. And I'm like 13 and it's everything I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And then... Rolling Stones painted black plays in the credits. It's right. so edgy. I'm like, who's this sick band? <laughs> and uh, then I went back and started playing the old ones. I'm like, hmm, not as edgy. <laughs> I, I was reverse where I, uh, I was already playing like the original ones before Black came out. Black is good, though. Black is really good. Um, I like that it was more story-based. Yeah, like you have very like, Each character has a prologue video, middle video, and ending video. So each character has an arc or a storyline. So that's kind of cool. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to see a Twisted Metal show. Yeah, I'll watch it. Um, I can't be as good as Sonic 2. There's this awesome... Did you watch... I know it brought up last. Did you watch Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers yet? No, you brought it up already. I know, I know. But uh, there, well, because you brought Sonic, so I bring it up again. Uh, since it's like a Roger Rabbit thing. Did I bring up Sonic 2 last time? No, no, you just brought up right now. Dory, this, this is going to make sense in a second. Okay. And, and Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, since Dale is doing, like, a convention circuit in it and stuff, you know, he's, like, trying to hold in that former glory. The person that always has, like, a booth across from him is, uh, is, is Ugly Sonic. And it's the Sonic from those first trailers for the first Sonic movie. No shit. They did the oh, man, that's fucking genius. <laughs> See, Paige doesn't want to watch it. I keep telling her, I'm like, I heard it's funny. I want it to check funny. it out. But, but he just keeps on like, he'll be talking to him and just be staring at his teeth moving. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. What a great idea. And he's like, hey, listen, they're giving my own show. I'm doing a ride along with the FBI. So I'm kind of connected to the FBI now and stuff. It's so um, fucking funny. It's a great joke. Joke. Um, so in other news, uh, one, one more piece of video game news that I had no. to connect to the Twisted Metal thing. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> uh, 2023 Resident Evil 4 Remastered is coming out. Oh fuck yeah! Resident Evil 4 is getting a remaster. Hell finally. yeah! Oh man, I'm stoked about that one. Yeah, I love fucking Resident Evil, man. But I want to tie all the news of TVs and TV shit. All the TVs. <laughs> Anyways, you see that Vizio they put on the line now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, all the TV show news. Samuel uh, going for bankruptcy. Which just seems like 100, 100% of which uh, each one we talked about I have not watched, so it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Obi-Wan um, and the video game news. What were you going to say? <laughs> you can bring something up, though. It was about TV. Oh, go for it. It was about last night. Okay, so... And how I feel shit on. All right, here's, here's the deal. Last drive-in, Friday night. I didn't get a chance to watch it because my management team... Sucks. Uh, was a bunch of fucking idiots and made us work overtime and nothing got done. So they just wasted money. Um... Uh, and maybe Miss Joe Bob. So, yeah, I got a little bit of a beef. Yeah. Maybe not feeling great about it. But You uh, missed the best episode you could. <laughs> so, let's rewind a bit. Is that about Tuesday of every week before the premiere of Last Drive-In, 
uh, on Friday, Joe Bob puts a clue out where he's like, hey, here's what the double feature will be. And he'll put out a couple clues and then on, on Twitter and people are able to guess what the double feature is. And if you get it right, um, they select the winner and they give them uh, they send a prize or something like that. I forgot what they get. Um, but they'll send like a little like care package or some gift in the mail or something, which is pretty cool. So Joe Bob said this week is going to be a monster week. And we were on the way to Universal on Tuesday. Right. And we were reading it in the car on the way there. Yeah, for Paige's um, birthday. Fun time. Fun let, time. Let me see if I can. That's news. We had fun at Universal. Well, t- yeah, if you want to talk about that real quick while I bring up this tweet, you can. We went to Universal <laughs> uh, for Paige's birthday. And Your fiance's it was, birthday, yeah. It was a great time. And... Uh, we uh, checked out the uh, Steven Spielberg uh, section. Tribute store, yeah. Tribute store. Mm-hmm. There's well, no was, thing. It's not a Steven Spielberg tribute store um, because they have Back to the Future and everything in there. I think it's just a Universal Monster stuff, but it's mainly Steven Spielberg. Yeah, stuff, I mean, but it's, it's like a Universal they have Studio a really movie cool Jaws section tribute though. store. Yeah, because they have King Kong, and they, I think it's just like referencing all like the different rides and and stuff they had in there before. But it's, it's very, cool. but it's very Spielberg heavy since he was kind of like. The main backer of yeah. of that theme park, uh, but no, that was fun. You finally got to. We should talk about this. You and Paige finally got to ride Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. What a fucking joke! Like that shit is hilariously bad. I've been telling you for years now, Mike Blaze. You've got to ride Fast and Furious Supercharge. It is the funniest ride you will ever be on. And we, uh, that whole cabin was probably pretty pissed, especially the parents in front of us who had what I assume is a, uh, a dumb child who, uh, they were like, yeah, he loves Fast and the Furious. So I'm like, oh, so he's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) We were trying to stagger our laughter, but we could not. We could not. Uh, If you guys have never been on the Fast and Furious ride at Universal, do yourself a favor. And, and, ride that shit. You will crack it. the fuck up. The ride sucks. I'll, I'll warn you. The ride is not good, but it is hilarious. And the best thing about it is, like, I don't. I, they're playing it completely straight faced. Where it's like, there's no way that you didn't realize how bad this was when you're making it. Oh my god, dude! The <laughs> fact that Vin Diesel literally is bigger than all the helicopters he hangs on to. <laughs> he jumps onto a tiny helicopter. In the tiny helicopter, <laughs> and you're like, it must be a perspective thing. And then it goes to the other side. And you're like, nope, it's a tiny helicopter. Fuck it. Well. I remember while they were building that ride at Universal, we were at a hotel down in Orlando for a convention, and there was a poster for yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Fast and Furious is coming out, and it shows, like, it's 3D action. And you pointed out when that came out, that shows, like, Vin Diesel on holding on helicopter. to a tiny helicopter. And I was, like, at that time, before the ride opened, I was like, no, it's just forced perspective, because I guess they're trying to do, like, the 3D thing. And, and I'm like, nah, he's so on a just, tiny helicopter. No, bro. you ride the ride, he's literally jumps on a tiny helicopter. <laughs> Vin Diesel's big egg-shaped body. <laughs> Get <up> from <laughs> oh, my God. It is so fucking bad. But it is like... You see, pa- Paige, uh, she's better uh, than me and Rocky because <laughs> if we find something funny, we are going to cackle out loud. Yeah, if you can't tell from listening to any of our episodes. We are going to laugh at horribly <laughs> offensive things all the time. And Paige is sitting there doing her best like going red in the face trying not to yeah bust she did not laughing she she was very good about not yeah, laughing out loud i think she saw that that kid was bummed out we thought it was so dumb 
And then Maybe the fact bummed that out because he's on that ride. We started knocking his hat off and calling him a loser. <laughs> so you like cars? <laughs> Let me tell you the story of Polly Walker. <laughs> he walks no longer. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, we didn't do that. Uh, we did laugh incredibly loud though yes it's a hard not to uh then we rode that hagrid ride for the first time that yeah you guys did that yeah. shit's dope yeah i'm, I'm happy you got to ride that for the first time it was worth the wait I it hope. was worth the wait that's the was... third time i've been on it because it's always a long wait it's oh always yeah like, oh, do i feel like waiting in this i'm like all right yeah but, um, uh, that's universal what's your other news well we, let's go back to joe bob now that I brought it up ah, so yes, joe, joe bob, bob has a hint for sh- so it's supposed to be monster week and his clues for this week's episode were bullshit Clues for this week's last drive and double feature. We have monsters. First, gathering underground in a major international city. Later, feeding in the emptiness of a beautiful wilderness forest. So it's like, okay, two monster films. One is in a city, which at first we're like, Chud. It's like, here he showed Chud. Turns out he showed Monsters Club first. Which I love. Which I don't. Yeah. I give it I, uh, on, uh, on... It is a ridiculous movie, and on, that's fine. On Letterboxd. I gave it a one and a half. I love that movie. Out of five. Why? I gave it a half star for Vincent Price, half star for John Carradine, half star for... Donald Pleasance? <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. Isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, no, for uh, the song. Uh, Monsters Rule Okay. Yeah, Monsters Rule Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That song is awesome. <laughs> I want it as a ringtone, but they don't have it on iTunes. iTunes, you have us, so you, you should have that. <laughs> iTunes is ringtones? Well, that you can buy ringtones. Oh, I'm not. You can also you can also just have the app where you can just put a song in there, rip, rip uh, any part of the song you want to use as your ringtone. That's uh, too much work for a ringtone. Okay, well, fuck me. Right. Um, anyways, uh, so it's like, all right, well, that makes sense. That's a monster movie. Cool. Also, let me say again, I was at work, but it's on Twitter that they show Monsters Club first. I didn't know what the second feature was. Well, I'm at work. You text me and you're like, well, I guess I'm done with Joe Bob tonight. Yep. <laughs> and why was that, Blaze? Turned it off. What was the second feature? Fucking Hellbenders, man. Like, people love that movie. I don't know why. The movie's bad. I, it's not a good movie. I, it's not good. Like, I think the concept is cool. The concept is, you know, a, a, a mother who asexually has a witch daughter. They're both witches. The little girl can't go anywhere because she's too powerful. And then the mother starts training her to be a witch. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Number one, not monsters. Um... That, that's the thing that pisses me off more. Like I said, if I was one of the people that were trying to guess, and I saw that was a second feature, I would have. I would be if I was them. I would have lit Joe Bob up on that thing. It was like that's not a monster, Joe Bob. I'd be like, you need to put the Lone Star down, you <laughs> fucking redneck. Like, <laughs> he's like, sorry, I was drunk when I wrote it. Whatever, I'll do what I want. I'm no, Joe we Bob. love Joe Bob. <laughs> no, he's but, he's super nice. Um, but I I disagree that hellbenders is a good movie uh i do too um it is very slow it is very boring and there's there's not not a good payoff payoff. there's not a payoff at all not a good payoff um joe bob uh i don't know why you chose that oh before before i understand i saw on twitter that there was a guest during that feature where they had the makers of the film which is the daughter and mom from the film and the i guess i guess her husband in real life is is the director? I, I, I assume. Know. I guess yeah. it's like a family. The Adams family. Like, not a joke. Their names are the Adams. Adams family. Um, and they were 
they were, I guess they were the guests there. So I think that's kind of cool that they're a family that had made a movie. And I, I you know, no, makes, that is cool. And also, and apparently everybody said they were like very charming. They seemed like really cool. So, I mean, no, no ill will towards them. No, I think it's awesome. You made a movie with your family. It's just not uh, my just cup not a good of tea. Film. But also, also I'm an opinionated asshole. Yeah. I have uh, very dumb opinions and I shout them. But there's the show. Yeah. Like in the Fast and Furious ride. Right. I am. <laughs> I am uh, like a non-conservative Alex Jones. <laughs> I'm an idiot, and I scream opinions. I think he almost—he goes beyond fucking conservative. Yeah, he's in a league all of his own. Um, but you know what? It's fine. Maybe it's best that I wasn't home and I was at work because I feel like I would have gotten drunk and been like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, Joe? you would have jumped on Twitter. Oh, I just talk shit about hell. Hellbenders, and I probably just looked like a fucking asshole. And then so the next day, you'd feel really bad. I would have really nice. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? That's fine. They listen. They did more than I've ever done. They made a fucking movie. Oh fuck yeah! They oh got man, I don't have Joe the f- Bob. Yeah. So I mean, they've done something one. I will never do. Right. Yeah. And I will give them that credit for sure. It's just not a great movie. Sure. Looks great. Filmed great. Ah, I disagree. You don't think it was? I bad? think it looks cheap. I think it looks bad. Really? I, yeah. I, I think it looks bad. I think the explosion parts look. Bad. I think all the animation looks really bad. Mm-hmm. But also, from what I understand they made that movie during quarantine. Oh, that's why there's not that many characters and everything like that. Everything's like shut down and mm. in the woods and stuff. So you know what? I mean, there's some things that were really good. They're made during quarantine, like Host. Oh, I fucking love <laughs> which that is movie. an awesome film. So good. Uh, made for way cheaper, it seems. Um, and then there's things like Hellbenders, which is, you know what? You did what you're going to do. I don't like your film, but... some Apparently, people disagree. But my so. opinion, 100% does not fucking matter. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Like, I mean, the fact we'll, that you guys... We'll share our opinion, but we also realize that it holds no bearing. And that's, <laughs> with, and that's with everything. You guys listen to this show, trust me. I'm if just you a, hear us talk shit... I'm a fucking idiot. Don't listen to grumpy, anything I have to we're say. We're grumpy old men. <laughs> yeah. You know... Who bitch about movies... And jack off. We like really bad movies, and we like really good movies, you know? So, I mean, it, things that people probably disagree with us on yeah, most of the time. Yeah, and you have every right to. Yeah, it, you know, taste taste is always subjective. Um, you fucker. <laughs> so, what I did see that was good, though, is that yesterday I saw Crimes of the Future. Ah, I know. I want to see it. So, Crimes of the Future came out this weekend. Um, if you've been listening to our last few episodes, I've been very, very excited because I'm a massive David Cronenberg fan. Other Mark Scorsese, I consider my favorite director. Um, and it's Cronenberg More back. More than De Palma? I always thought you would be. I love De Palma, but the back half of De Palma makes him not my favorite. Yeah, that's true. Even though, even, though even his back half, I think there's something interesting about all of his bad movies. I, I love De Palma. He's, he's, I mean, yes, he's, he's definitely one of my favorite, favorite directors just because the first half of his career is so we amazing. can't all be Bill Leswig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I love Bill Leswig. I mean... People argue if his movies are good. I think his movies are good. But. I love his movies. <laughs> but he doesn't have a huge, huge career either. He's, he only directed like, you know, seven films or yeah. whatever, um, which is more than I He knew when to so. call it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Cronenberg is back, his first film in eight years. Uh, his last film was Map of the Stars, which came out in 2014. Uh, but this is his first movie, not only back in eight years, but his first horror film and body horror at that that he's made since 1999. Like, from 2000 to 2014, he was making, like, more grounded films, like History of Violence or Eastern Promises, A Dangerous Method, Spider. You know what's sad? I've like never that. watched History of Violence. It's awesome. Yeah, I know. You People just like Eastern Promises either? 
Huh? You never saw Eastern Promises either, right? Nope. Oh, man. We need to watch both those. Uh, and, and Not for this. It's perfect bringing it up because um, Viggo Mortensen stars in this, and this is their fourth collaboration. They had a streak of three movies there, A History of Violence, Eastern Promises, and a Dangerous Method, where he plays Zygmunt Freud in that one. Uh, and they work really, really well together. Now Viggo Mortensen is back. Um, but this is the first This is the first film they've done body horror since uh, Existence. Did you see Existence with Jude Law? Uh, really with him and uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, really good body horror film. And he put that one in 99. So he hasn't really worked in the uh, uh, body horror genre in I was a while. busy watching Chud 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, of course, this is going to be any spoilers. I'm not going to give any spoilers for this film because it just came out. But Viggo Morrison and Leah Sedoig. Uh, Cedo, I think is how you say her last name. It's a French last name. Uh, they are, um, it, it takes place in a future. No uh, shit. It takes place. Well, it, it it's kind of like. Are there crimes? It's foggy. <laughs> yes, there are. Uh, it's it, it's it's foggy about how far in the future it is or whatever. But um, humanity has developed where nobody feels pain anymore. Hmm. The human anatomy has changed over time to where pain isn't a thing anymore, and nerve centers have all been like dull. Nobody feels like anything anymore, really, um, just from natural adaptation, I guess. Uh, and also on top of that, people don't have like because of that there's no infection so people have like things like growths and stuff like that and just like oh you should probably get that checked up but like what the fuck does it matter so people because of this live in kind of this future where they're trying to find any type of extremity to try to get off and just in their mind right so since they have no nerve center or anything like that sex doesn't do anything like you can't have sex you know because it doesn't do anything like all right well you can't have pleasure because there's no filling you know so people just like slice each other open and stuff like that, and that's kind of how they—that's kind of how they sexually get off now—is from like watching surgeries and stuff because you can do that because it doesn't kill people anymore and stuff, and that's the closest thing. So Viggo Mortensen and Leah Seydoux are a—they um, are a—not um, uh, visual artists, but they're um, what's the what's the term I'm looking for? They're uh, what do they do? Performance art. Performance they're, they're, they're performance artists, okay, uh, to where they come up with these different things. And, and Viggo Mortensen actually can feel um, because he's trained his body not to adapt in the same way. So to do this, his body starts making organs, creating organs that aren't part of the human anatomy. And so he grows these organs in his body, and then they have these performance art shows where she uses this machine that slices them open. And hurts him. And pulls out the organ out of him and it hurts. but he tattoos it while it's inside of his body and they pull it out and people just there they videotape and they sexually kind of get off to it it's kind of like bdsm right hmm. um and because of this a bunch of people take interest in him of course and his development from the government to shadow organizations that are trying to evolve back into a more human type way of like enjoying certain things like enjoying like Try and get kind of the body back to the way it was. Um, and it kind of gets all mixed up in that. So it's very, very Cronenberg-ish. And there's a lot of, like, very scientific jargon in it and stuff like that. There's, like, a lot of science. It's because Dave Cronenberg's a fucking genius. And his background before being a director was medical, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And he says things that I, I'm dumb. So I don't understand most things he's saying. I didn't even watch it with subtitles because I got – you know, the general gist of everything, but it's definitely one of those movies, like, I want, like, I know there's a lot I'm missing. Um, it's great to see him and Viggo Mortensen working together again. He's also working again with Howard Shore, who's 
scored every one of his films except for one since I think like 1979 or something like that. So it's good to see him working with Howard Shore again. Um, it's also awesome. Neon gave David Cronenberg money for this film because this movie is general audience repellent. <laughs> okay. This movie is 100% not for like 90% of the film going audience. Most people are going to absolutely hate this film. And that Neon gave him the money to make it and just be like, do whatever you want. He did. Um, this is a completely like, I mean, people are not going to like this film. I understand. First of all, it's graphic. Of course, there's a lot of body horror. It's also hard to follow because of all the terminology they're using and all the, you know, stuff they're using in the film. Lost science and all Sounds that like stuff. Sounds like something that'd be up my alley then. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's very... It, it's, it's awesome to see David Cronenberg in his 70s making a movie like this. Whenever, you know, the time he's been retired, even before he retired, so many people try to do the Cronenberg thing. Don't right? do it. So many people, well, I mean, people have tried it. Just, a lot of people have done really great body horror stuff and, and learn from the school of David Cronenberg, right? Including his son. Possessor was awesome. Oh, yeah. Possessor was great. Um, but uh, it, it's something that whenever you watch this movie, you go, you know what? Only David Cronenberg yep. could have done this film, like watching it, like nobody else would have thought, wrapped their head around it in this way, shot it this way, done it. It's so distinctly him. And you know, there's a little bit of dead ringers in it. There's a little bit of video drum in it. There's a little bit of existence in there, but it's its own animal. And like I mentioned before, the movie's still like super sexual. Um, I've, I've talked previously about David Cronenberg's sexuality. Um, where the movie's very sexual, even though like sex isn't a thing in this, in this universe that he built. Um, or as, at least as we know it, um, to where even there's a scene that kind of references it. Um, when David Cronenberg talks about sex, it's always very natural, almost clinical. Right. And he's always, he never, he never is like, oh, look how gross this is, isn't this? Like he can make it sleazy to work with a scene or like whatever, but never feels like male gaze. It never feels like nasty. Like you're like, oh, this is like, ugh, like. You know, like, this guy just wants to, like, look at tits and stuff like that. It is really funny how I, I, like, love watching people get chopped up and shit like that. Right. But then it's, like, a sex scene. And I'm like, oh, this yeah. doesn't seem appropriate. He, 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 he makes it feel uncomfortable if it works with the scene. But it never feels uncomfortable, like, watching, like, a Michael Winters film. Like, you watch, like, one of those Death Wish films or something like that. Where it's like, this guy was, like, a sex pervert. And he was awful. Like, David Cronenberg treats sex, no matter what it is, in what way. Not only clinical, but very natural. And I always like that about him as a director where it's like hey don't be ashamed of your body it's just your body don't be ashamed of this it's very natural and everything that comes with his body horror whether it's violence or sex or sickness or whatever it all feels very natural and so great to see him at this age still developing as an artist where he can still say things so eloquently even though the film is going to be very opaque to general audiences yeah you know uh so i say it's great it's awesome I'm really interested in you seeing it so we can talk about it more. Yeah, I want to see it. Um, because I have a lot of thoughts and stuff. And even, like, whatever ends, like, you know, whatever ended, I was like, oh, that's where it ends? But then I was thinking back, I'm like, well, I guess that was, like, the natural arc and stuff. But there's, I, I felt like I had so many unanswered questions. But thinking about it more, I was like, I guess those were answered. But um, it's great. So, Crimes of the Future. Um, also named after his very first film. Yeah. It has nothing to do with his original film, but uh, shares the same title as his very, very, very first film. Um, or maybe his first film was Stereo. It was one of those two. Um, uh, I only have one other piece of news because we talked about this guy in a previous episode. And uh, we always, you know, we had to put him in the Hall of Fame because he's passed. 
But uh, Bo Hopkins died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anybody listened to our uh, Nightmare at Noon episode a uh, few episodes ago, it was that long ago we talked about that, right? Like four, four episodes ago? Mm, yeah, four. Something like that? Probably. Uh, Bo Hopkins. No, it was more than that because we had our interview with Kevin as episode 30, and we're on 34 today. Oh, yeah, maybe it was 29. About five, six episodes ago? Yeah, five, six episodes. In the recent recent past, you know, probably about a month and a half ago. It's a great so, episode. Yeah, Bo Hopkins. One of our a, most listened to episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was the uh, one of the stars of that film. Um, we make fun because we talk like this, and he's just he's, he's the most badass guy ever in that movie. <laughs> All the women, all the women want to have sex with him. <laughs> hey For some reason, because he's a middle-aged man with a leather jacket on and sunglasses. <laughs> sunglasses. Don't forget the sunglasses. How could I ever forget? It's the eighties. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Old man with sunglasses and leather jacket. He knows what's up. Just like James Woods and vampires. Which we are so oh. <laughs> hey, Padre. <laughs> But yeah, it, um, Bo Hopkins passed away. Rest in peace. We're putting up right there on the wall with. Uh, well, you have somebody else in the Hall of Fame before, didn't we? <laughs> Did somebody else pass away in the Hall of Fame on an earlier episode? I don't remember. There was somebody else who were like, we're putting him in the Hall of Fame. But I can't remember who it was. Go back and listen to He apparently wasn't that famous. We're taking him off the wall, whoever that person <laughs> is. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Bo Hopkins is going up here. <laughs> just like literally just glue his picture over <laughs> whoever that guy is. Um, cool. Uh, it was said, no, it was somebody that was like multiple movies we're talking about. I think the person passed away. It may have already been dead, but somebody that we're talking like two or three movies and he just kept on popping up. I can't remember who it was. Hey, if you remember who it is. Email us. <laughs> Remind us. Wings Hauser, come on the show. It may have been Wings Hauser, actually. He's not dead. No, no, no. But, but oh, thank God. I was saying that we talked about somebody <laughs> multiple times. I was going to have they, a heart attack if he somebody. died. They brought up a few times. Um, but anyways, anything else? Nope. Uh, we should probably get to the trailer because we've already been talking for like almost 40 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm giving I, like people listen to whatever the fuck. Oh, I do have one other. <laughs> I do have one other piece of news. Okay. It doesn't be quick because neither of us give a shit. But I felt like it's so funny I had to bring it up. Morbius is getting put back in theaters. Did you see that? Why? <laughs> because people kept on memeing it. I guess I don't know. So Sony was like, "Oh, that means the movie wasn't a failure. Let's put Mor- Morbius back in <laughs> theaters for a weekend." Oh God. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> so Sony fails again, as normal. Yeah. Just stick with PlayStation, guys. Yep. Just stick with that. Yeah. Why well, we say that, and, and then getting they come hacked. out with fucking Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, later on this year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Part I'm, one. I'm gonna watch that shit. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Trailer. Trailer time. time. The Exorcist. The possession of the human soul. Chinatown. The mystery of the human mind. Now. Do you know what today today is? Today is Wednesday. It's anything can happen today. Interesting, Johnny is only in finding out if he's alive or if he's dead. You want me to check it out? <laughs> 
Check it out. Where are you? I'm just a guy who was paid to snoop around. I'm gonna ask you again. Where is he? I don't know. Harry Angel has been hired to solve more than a mystery. He's dead, Mr. Angel. And if he isn't, he is to me. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid. To find more than a killer. We don't go around murdering people, all right, Mr. Angel? The Prince of Darkness protects the powerful. You expect me to swallow that? And it may cost him more than his life. Some religions think that the egg is the symbol of the soul. Did you know that? All I know is Johnny's running around bumping off everyone he used to know. And more and more, it's me who's on the line for it. Johnny's favorite was as close to true evil as she ever wanted to come. There's death everywhere these days. You killed them. And you're trying to pin it on me. The flesh is weak. Only the soul is immortal. <laughs> has been hired to search for the truth and pray he doesn't find it. Angel Heart. So, Angel Heart. Angel Heart. 1987, directed by Alan Parker, and the screenplay, screenplay by Alan Parker. Bitter. Screenplay, screenplay by, by Alan, Alan Parker. Parker. <laughs> um, it's based on William Schwartzberg's uh, 1978 novel, Falling Angel. Uh... And apparently it went through a few directors beforehand, before it ended up with Alan Parker. Uh, apparently the studio was not interested in making a film of it for a long time. Uh, John Frankenheimer was uh, hired to direct it for a while. That fell through. Um, Frankenheimer was eventually replaced by Dick Richards. Uh, yeah. He also talked about it after Richards fell through Robert Redford. Robert Redford was attached to directing it really for a long time mm-hmm. yeah um and i think that robert evans old coke nostril himself bob evans uh bob evans was uh was uh the breakfast king yeah was was connected to it uh as the producer uh but no film was willing to to do the film at all so no film was willing to do the film no film was no film studio was willing to produce the <laughs> film rather um uh, so Alan Parker eventually got a hold of it. Uh. Um, at this point, he was already famous for doing movies like uh, Bugsy Malone, which is a uh, gangster film starring kids. <laughs> a young Jodie Foster's in it. Okay. Uh, he also did Fame before this. He also did Pink Floyd, The Wall before this. The director of Angel Heart? Yeah. Oh, Alan no Parker. shit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and, and right after this, he also and uh, right, he also did Midnight Express and right after this, he did uh, Mississippi Burning with Gene Hackman and William Dafoe, which is a really good film as well, based on true story. Um, I think it's based on true story. But, uh, see, you guys come to us for facts. <laughs> I, it's based on a true story, I think. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe it wasn't recorded, but it happened somewhere. <laughs> William Dafoe is in it. That is a fact. <laughs> um, 
But Andrew Hart uh, stars Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro. Very young Mickey Rourke. Yeah, Robert De Niro and Lisa Bonet. Uh, this is Mickey Rourke. This isn't like Mickey Rourke, how he looks now, like a golem. <laughs> oh, you leave Mickey alone. No, I love Mickey Rourke. I really do. He's a great actor. Uh, he is. Uh, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> why does he look so bad now? Age. Um, Huh? It's more than age. Have you seen him? That's yeah, not, that's not just age. <laughs> um, but this time, the 80s, and Mickey Rourke was a pretty hot commodity. Um, I mean, this guy was like a sex symbol uh, at the time. Women loved him. He was really an up-and-comer. He was in a lot of different things. I mean, he was a big star in the 80s at this time. Uh, originally, Ellen Parker wanted Robert De Niro for the main role of Harry Angel, who Mickey Rourke plays. Um, he met with De Niro, and he was interested, but he wanted just to make, like, just do the lesser role of his character, Louis C. Fier, who we'll talk about more in a bit. Um, and even though, like, discussions were pretty, pretty serious about him joining the film, he was still like, eh, I don't know. Um, so... Parker had to kind of court De Niro around for like months. <laughs> and um, and he was just, De Niro apparently was just asking him all kinds of random questions about him and stuff like that. And he's like, ah, you know. I mean, at this point, De Niro, I mean, he could take it really once. He already wanted Cameo War for Raging Bull. I mean, he's a big actor. This yeah, he just yeah. didn't take anything, you know. Or also Cameo Award for Godfather Part Two and everything, you know. I mean, he was a big. He, could he didn't get an wanted. award for Goodfellas? Goodfellas hadn't come out yet. This is 1987. Oh, God. Goodfellas. Oh wow! This came out before Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. and he, he didn't win. He didn't win for best supporting for Goodfellas, anyways. Joe Pesci did. Well, I get that. Uh, and Joe Pesci had the best Academy Award acceptance speech of all time. He was like, "Thank you. This means a lot." And he left. <laughs> Good Joe Pesci. <laughs> Good job. Um, but yeah, he was asking a whole bunch of questions about it, enough to where he's like, "I also we had to go to a dank, dirt, disused church in Harlem." To where he wanted to read through the whole screenplay <laughs> in this in this building, and then he was like, "All right, I guess we'll do it." All right, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, before 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 De Niro though for for Harry Angel, uh, since they couldn't get him, it's like, "All right, he wants to play Louis Cipher. That's fine." Um, Jack Nicholson was the next in line. Oh, for Harry Angel, uh, which Jack Nich- I would have preferred Jack Nicholson to be. Uh, Louis Cyphier. Louis Yeah, but he's, he's already... Well, never mind. Uh, he's already played a role similar to Louis Cypher um, a few times. Are we talking about anger management? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but from what Alan Parker says, quote, he says that Jack Nicholson seemed very gracious to be asked, and when they talked face-to-face, he was very pleasant about it, but he seemed very distracted at the time. I love Jack. So so something seemed to be going on at the time where he just seemed kind of disinterested. But he said he was very nice. He was very gracious about it, but he just had stuff going on. Um, and then Mickey Rourke was like, no, I absolutely 100% want to do it, and was very, very interested in it. And that's who they cast for Harry Angel. On top of that, Lisa Bonet, who's also in it, was known for The Cosby Show at the time. She was the daughter. eldest daughter. Eldest daughter, I yeah. think she was the eldest daughter. Um I mean, she was one of the dogs. I think she was the oldest one in the show. Um, Bill Cosby. Shit from that candle. Um, Bill Cosby, I don't think, was a fan of her doing the movie. 
Um, Fuck him. He, she did get fired from the show. I, don't, I think she got fired. She left the show after this because Bill Cosby really was unhappy about it. Um, yeah, and then after everything that happens, you're like, you were unhappy about best. that, you yeah. fucking weirdo. Yeah, well, we'll get more into that in a bit. Um, but Lisa Bonet, at this time, Ellen Parker never watched the Cosby show, so he's like, I didn't even watch her on that. She just she read for the film, for the role, the best. So um, she was just perfect for the part. Um, so with all that being said, uh, this film was shot in New York and Louisiana, um, which is both the places it takes place. Just place in New York city and in, uh, New Orleans and they actually shot on location. Um, but yeah, Angel Heart. It is a film set in 1955. It is a neo-noir psychological occult horror film. Yep. Uh, how do we want to talk about this? <laughs> uh, why don't we go piece by piece, okay. trading off? Because okay. I did the one before last, you did the one last. Yeah, so we'll just trade, trade off. One. Yeah. Okay, and so then I'll do the next one because it's Hellraiser in space. <laughs> <laughs> Hellraiser in space. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Harry Angel is a private investigator, and we're uh, introduced him at the beginning of the film. Um, he's a private investigator in New York. Um, he's old, old gumshoe. It's 1955. And um, he gets contacted by a lawyer who's like, hey, I have a client. Uh, he would like to meet you. He'd like to hire you for a case. And old Harry Angel's like, all right. <laughs> so, so he fine, goes. Fine, fine. So he goes and meets him. Um, they don't meet at a restaurant first, right? They meet no, at they church. meet at the church. Yeah, they meet at church. Where a man is going around telling people to pull out their wallets. <laughs> yes. And if they truly <laughs> love him, he shouldn't be driving a Cadillac, but a Rolls Royce. Yes. He goes to a church in Harlem where the preacher is like, tithe. It's like, I know what you're saying, that I should buy. that. that. Wait, the preacher's driving a Cadillac around, but... If you want me to have a Rolls Royce, you should. And everybody seems very down with it. Yeah, they're like, oh, he needs a Rolls Royce. And also outside the church, it seems like a, a funeral procession is also... Is a funeral going on inside? Is that why everybody's there? Because it seemed like people were mourning outside of it. Where people dressed like black and had like... It did look yeah. like people were mourning, but it also could be one of those weird things where they're like, oh, the spirit's inside me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and you're like, what the? Jesus and Simon, it's like, is there medicine for that? I don't know. He's just running out, hitting people with a blanket, and they're all falling over. Uh, I don't know. You Jesus freaks do some weird shit. And, you know, uh, Harry Angels walk around this church. He's like, oh, that's weird. And the lawyer, like, comes up, and he's like, hey, uh, client's back this way. And he's like, all right. And they walk to the church, and he sees inside a, a small room a woman cleaning a bloody wall. Wall just very badly bladder of blood with uh what looks to be a bucket that at some point was full of water but now just bloody water she just cleaned the blood with more blood and it looks it looks terrible like it is not effective at all how she's cleaning this wall it's terrible and the lawyer's like oh don't don't worry about that uh yeah, it was a suicide yeah guy just blew his fucking brains out in this in this nothing to worry about he did it's it like nobody is worried about any of this like no okay so Harry gets brought back into a room to meet with Louis Cipher, who is played Robert De Niro, and he is a man that has a cane and long, long fingernails. A man about town. Yes, man about town, Bobby <laughs> D, our fr- friend of the show, Bobby <laughs> D. Um, 
And uh, he, he has, you know. He always calls. He's like, I love you boys. <laughs> he always. I love you boys. Dude, oh, yeah. calls, us, calls us every week after he hears like, the newest episode. Stop calling, you son of a bitch, yeah. you ancient fuck. <laughs> Bob, get your own fucking podcast. You can't come on here. Oh, come on. And we're like, no, we're not riding your coattails, buddy. <laughs> your career's over, Robert De Niro. <laughs> We're the shining stars now. If you're coming here looking for some dinero, you came to the wrong place because we're both oh, come broke. On. Oh, come on, please. Um, I'm old. Yeah. So he is. Come a, on the show. He, he, he is a uh, uh, mysterious man with a cane and long fingernails and a ring with a pentagram on it. And you just look at him and you're like, eh, maybe you shouldn't trust this guy. But Harry's like, you know what? It's 1955, and I fucking love money. So. He is sitting on a chair that is raised on a platform yes. in the back of a church, church. Yes. that he obviously doesn't belong to. No, yes. <laughs> Why? Because he's white. <laughs> Clearly not supposed to be there in 1955. And also, Harry Andrews should probably have questions, because every other white character he meets in this movie are excessively racist. <laughs> Well, we learned very quickly that he is not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, clearly. Uh, So, uh, uh, Louis Cipher says, hey, listen, I'm looking for this guy. His name is Johnny Favorite. Uh, You may know him. Used to be a crooner. Yeah, he's a he's a big name crooner. You probably heard of him, man. Which for you young folks listening, (laughs) used to mean a singer. Yeah, that's like uh, what Harry Styles is now. He's kind of a crooner, right? Isn't it? Uh, Michael Bublé likes to pretend. Hey, fucking, I'm not talking about your aunt's favorite singer. I'm talking about the young generation. <laughs> Don't young children like him on Christmas? <laughs> probably. They, they probably treat him like Santa Claus, where he just comes out during Christmas. Like, oh, what, what happened to that, that guy? It's that, Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey? I, I don't know. That's kind of like the two like Christmas spirits. And then, then they go. <laughs> and the rest of the year, nobody gives a fucking shit, you know? Um, Paige was blown away when I told her she did not write that song. <laughs> she yeah. was like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that is not Mariah Carey's song. <laughs> So, uh, Lucifer's like, it's fine. Uh, you probably know him. He's a pretty famous uh, crooner and a blues musician. Uh, his name is Johnny Favorite. And uh, Harry's like, oh, yeah, no. Never heard and he's like, oh, okay, well, you probably know him. Uh, he, he was a soldier on the same time as you were uh, in World War II. Uh, but at that time, his name was Johnny Liebling. And he's like, no. No. <laughs> and he's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I, Are I you positive you don't know him? <laughs> yeah. I absolutely do no. not know him. He's it's like, like, I think you know him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, come you know. on. And Robert De Niro's doing that look where, you know, his, his eyes are very closed. Eyes, <laughs> yeah. His, his curled lip. His teeth aren't really showing that much. Like, come on. Come on. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And McGroy's like, no, right, seriously, I don't No, I have no idea. He's like, well, anyways, I need you to find him. He's like, okay. And so he hires him to find him because apparently Johnny Favorite has a debt to pay with Mr. Cipher. Um, that Wonder he, what that could that be. That he ran out on. Um, also, guys, since this is a mystery, I forgot to say this earlier, there will be full spoilers. So if you are interested in seeing this movie, hunt it down because we will be spoiling it because... You know, with some Giallo films that we talked about, we didn't spoil the ending because it's like we can talk around... 
that's up without revealing who the killer is. But this one, I feel like this movie is like a slow burn film to where it gets crazier as it goes along. And the last 30 minutes of the film is wherever like a lot of the hot talking points are yeah. going to be. Yeah. Um, so let me see real quick if it's streaming anywhere. It was on Shudder for a little bit. I don't think it's on Shudder right now. Um, with some premium subscriptions to Amazon Sling or Hulu, you can watch it. I don't know what you'd have a subscription to on top of it, though. With those premium subscriptions, you can never tell. Um, if not, you can rent on YouTube for 3 bucks. Um, it's worth $3. I think it's worth more than that. But um, No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're like, no, this movie's too good for me to like it. <laughs> no, it's not obscure enough and makes no, no sense. No, it's obscure enough. This is not a popular film. It makes a bunch of sense, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not into that. This is an obscure film. This movie Says is... a guy who doesn't like Marvel films. <laughs> yeah, this, this, movie, this movie is kind of a uh, cult film. So, uh, and a cult and a. And an occult film. Man, I am fucking just mixing up my words today. Anyways, so Harry's like, all right. He's like, listen, I'm going to pay you 125 bucks a day. And Harry's like, oh, I'll find whoever the fuck you want me to find. This guy's a musician? Oh, he's my favorite. <laughs> jo- oh, Johnny Favorite, you said. Oh, oh yeah. he's oh, my favorite. Oh, that fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's on He's on the lookout. and he's, he's like, so apparently he stumbles upon the, I don't think Louis, Louis told him. Or did he? Where he's like, oh, he's a, he spent some time in a hospital at the war. No, he he told him that he was at this hospital and the doctor was... Louis told him that, though. Yes, Louis, Louis told, told him, him yeah. he knew where the hospital was. Yeah, so he's like, okay, so he goes to the hospital, finds out that uh, Mr. Favorite was checked in there at one time, but he was badly injured. He was bandaged up. Um, and that uh, he was, uh, Band-Aid uh, McQuaid. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, people were like, well, he left and, uh, he was just, well, do you know what he looked like? Well, he was all bandaged up. It's like, he's a Band-Aid man. <laughs> he's, 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 he looks like Band-Aids. Duh. He looks like, he looks like a bunch of bandages. <laughs> um, uh, but they said that he's, uh, he also had a case of amnesia. He didn't know who he was. Right. So, uh, our, our boy, Mickey, <laughs> Uh, tracks Mr. down Mr. Angel, Harry Angel, Harry Angel, whatever. Um, he tracks down the doctor that had been signing off on all of his files, stating that he was still in the hospital because somebody came and picked up Johnny Favorite his time there and drove off with him, a man and a woman. Correct. Yeah. Uh, named Edward Kelly. Yes. And his daughter. Well, we don't know it's his daughter. It was just a mysterious. Yeah, woman. they never said his daughter. Yeah. They yeah. just said that a woman was with him yeah. and it was his daughter. Yeah. And um, so he finds out that the doctor who did this is addicted to morphine. And Which he exploits immediately. He immediately <laughs> exploits. Uh, he goes in for a very passionate kiss with the doctor. Um, <laughs> what appears to be he's about to start a passionate kiss. But eventually the guy is like, oh, my God, I haven't had morphine in five minutes. I'm falling over. Which he has a refrigerator full of. Which he has an entire refrigerator full of, but but old Harry will not let him take his morphine. <laughs> so you cannot take the junk, man. I need you to answer questions for me and, first. Uh, so he puts him upstairs into a bed <laughs> and says he's going to go get some food he's gonna at get a, the diner. He's going to get a milkshake and a hamburger. Milkshake and a hamburger while he thinks it over and takes a nap. He's like, when I get back, if you're jogged, I'll give you your medicine. And he 
for some reason has outside door locks on his bedrooms, which doesn't <laughs> jive with me. He closes the door and then and locks him the outside, and the key is locks in the door him into his own bedroom, <laughs> which is the worst thing for attic, by the way. Yeah, w- worse than for anybody. Just you know, that, that is a major design flaw. But especially for somebody, it's like, oh, somebody can force you to cold turkey, like Harry Angel just did. Well, I mean, that happened to Miles Davis. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. threw his dad threw him in a shed and only fed him bread and shit under the. T- mm-hmm. Until he kicked he, he fireballs. Fed, he fed him bread and literal shit. <laughs> it's like... But, uh, you know, you good for that poop. dad for getting his son off drugs. That shit was, like, impossible in the 70s. But yeah, uh, Especially for fucking jazz musicians. Yeah, so uh, moving away from Miles Davis. Uh, if you children don't know who Miles Davis is... He's like the Harry Styles. Of now. He's, he's the Johnny favorite. <laughs> but uh, spoilers: Johnny favorite is Harry Styles in this movie. So old Harry <laughs> eats a burger with coffee, which is really gross. Oh, I um, do it all the time. You eat burgers with coffee? Yeah. Want to go? Like, How do you eat hot beverages with hot food? I can't do that. Like when I go to like Waffle House or something like that. Like you have like you know. You eat burgers at Waffle House? Yeah. Waffle House, is Fuck good you. Waffle House is good hamburgers. Mm-mm. No. They do, um, I swear to God. I mean, you and I be able to try because you're a fucking vegan. But <laughs> Yeah, moving on. Um, so he eats uh, what I assume is about 38 burgers. <laughs> and he clearly smokes like 90 cigarettes because we're on the ashtray. Next to um, and uh, chugs uh, 10 gallons of hot coffee immediately. <laughs> it's like three milkshakes. 17 milkshakes. And just vomiting all over the counter. <laughs> and then the guy's like, you need to leave. <laughs> I'm cutting you off from the milkshake. And he goes like, listen, I'm looking for somebody. And then the worker at the diner is like, I don't care. And it's like, it's Johnny Favorite. It's like, Johnny Favorite? The singer? <laughs> and uh, so... Have more hamburgers. So he goes out. And he drives back up to the doctor's house. Goes inside. Ba-da-ba-bing! The doctor apparently has shot himself through the eye. Yes. Which, I, I don't even know how the angling works on that. <laughs> nah, well, uh, you point a gun at your eye and you <laughs> like shoot. Like this, like backwards? Uh, your thumb. <laughs> Does that feel like a V? You could do that. What if, what if like, because I... All right, it, next it episode, shakes. you and me are going to try and shoot ourselves <laughs> in the eye. <laughs> And see who's more successful. Next episode, Immemorium. <laughs> R.I.P. Blade Apple. <laughs> they tried so hard to prove Angel Heart right. <laughs> this movie's accurate. <laughs> so I'm part Tombstone. It'll say you totally can shoot yourself. <laughs> so I guess. I, so yeah, he's, he has a revolver in his hand. And his eyes blown out, and there's blood all over the place, and there's a picture of what I assume is his wife on his chest, and there's a Bible next to him. Which, Filled with bullets! Which your angel opens up, and it's just a hollowed-out Bible full of bullets. And I'm pretty sure that the reasoning of why this guy killed himself is like, oh my god, I've been locked in a room, I can't get my drugs, and what I just find out is that this guy is looking for Johnny favorite my favorite singer <laughs> my favorite johnny so i better 
I, I don't know what to do with this information. I, I'm so excited I could die. And he shot himself. <laughs> like, I just can't handle this. I, I would be so embarrassed if I asked for an autograph. I'm just going to take my life. <laughs> and he's just like, should have told him I was looking for. <laughs> so he wipes everything down in his house for prints. Wipes everything down. Um, he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. It runs off. Um, so that guy's dead. <laughs> Uh, is that whenever he goes for his second meeting with Louie? Is right for that, or does he go do some more investigating first? No, he meets Louie, yeah. Yeah, so he goes to a diner. Because he's like, did you find anything yeah. out? which this is my favorite scene in the movie. Um, other than the ridiculous sex scene later on in the film, which we'll get to. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, this is my favorite scene in the movie, uh, is that Harry goes to... Meet up with Louis Cipher to be like, hey, here's what's going on with the case. So I don't have shit. <laughs> but he meets up in a, in a diner, it seems, or, or a restaurant of some sort um, that seems to be pre-hours before they're open up because uh, nobody else is in there. All the chairs are kind of racked up except for the table that Louis is sitting at. And he's there drinking tea. Does he ask him what, if he wants to, any tea or something first? Maybe. I don't know. But he is eating eggs. He's got he's got a bowl. Oh yeah, he's got a bowl of eggs. He's got a bowl Hard of hard-boiled eggs, eggs at a fancy restaurant. Yes, and so here Angel sits down. He's talking to him, and Robert Nero with these long ass fingernails and stuff takes his hard-boiled egg and and very seductively starts breaking it open, rolling so it around. He's rolling around his hand with his long ass fingernails around and plucking the shell around it and stuff. And he's they're like, all "That's talking. a very phallic egg you have." Yeah, pretty much, and. uh and you know they're 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 talking about the case and all that, and uh, he's saying weird shit. Louis Cipher is, and uh, and he's like, you know, an egg they say is like a soul. And uh, Harry's like, all right. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you want an egg? And he's like, nah, I'm good. And he's like, are you superstitious? And he's like, you pick, it's one of my. I, I always feel like it's an ad lib. I always feel like it's an ad lib action. I always feel like. That's great because it may have been the script, but I always just like to think Mickey Rourke just did it, where he picks up some of the salt. Mickey, come on the show and some we can the... ask you this question. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Come on, Mick, our other our other guy that calls in all the time. Oh my God, <laughs> him no, and Bob. Like, <laughs> he's like, hey, you like professional wrestling? Have you seen the wrestler? I'm like, yes, Mickey. It's just one of Blaze's yes, favorite Mickey. movies. <laughs> I I actually do really love that um, movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so. You know, for the salt that Louis would put on his egg was all over the table. And Harry, whenever he's asked if you want, like, are you superstitious? He picks up some of the salt. He throws it behind his shoulder and he's like, oh, no, not really. I'm just seeing ads. But there's something about just that little action that Mickey Rourke does. I'm just like, I don't know. It's just so perfect. Uh, but I love that whole talking scene. And now he's back on the case. He's like, oh, I got some, I got to go and hit the pavement. I got some. Gotta got go and uh, chase some leads and, and uh, I'm old gumshoe. And he, he starts gumshoeing it. Um, he's asking around. He's doing things. He finds a guy on the beach. Yeah, he goes and walks. Because uh, he hears about, there was a woman he hears about that used to be. Madame Zora. Yeah, Madame Zora, who was a fortune teller off the pier in what I assume is Coney Island. Uh, yeah, that would have to be Coney Island because it certainly doesn't look. As nice as Santa Monica. <laughs> yes. So he goes, he talks to this guy who's just sitting alone in the middle of the sand in a lawn chair and he has sunglasses on with a nose protector. Which apparently uh, were a big thing. 
Yeah, he says he found just a bag of them on the beach. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you want a pair? And he's and, like, yeah. And Harry's like, okay, sure. He puts them on, he looks like a complete fucking idiot. <laughs> but it's also this beautiful shot, which is like this wide shot where the guy's just like sitting down and Mickey Rourke walks up. You see the whole like, almost like a purplish blue sky on yeah, the beach yeah, and yeah. stuff. It's a really great it shot. Is a good shot. Um, and they're just kind of talking and he's like, yeah, you know this woman? He's like, oh yeah, my wife, my fucking wife used to go and see it. Is she like getting her future th- uh, fucking Well, red? they were friends. Yeah. Yeah, they were friends because yeah. she had a shop across yeah, the street right from there. her. Yeah, It's like, yeah, my wife, uh, body's not too good. She was staying in the water over there. <laughs> That's how obviously toxic from New York. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, she got bad blood vessels or some oh, shit. Oh, she like the water? Nah. <laughs> nah, but she's got shitty-ass blood vessels. and he thinks the Varicose water has veins. And she's just sitting, standing in the middle of the water with a mink coat on or some shit. <laughs> It's just standing there. It's very David Lynchian. This whole scene is very Lynch, I think. It just reminds me of something that would be in one of his films. And he's like, you know, walks up. He's like, hey, uh, are you into, um, you know, you know this? Are, are you are you into Johnny Favorite? <laughs> you ended up. She's like Johnny Favorite. I love Johnny. Which Favorite. actually does happen, kind of. Yeah, and, she uh, is like, I love uh, Johnny Favorite. Uh, but she's like, oh yeah, that one, uh, Madame Zora. Yeah, but her name was actually Krugsek. Krug, 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 um, I, I don't know. I think he had already figured this out, but also Johnny Favorite um, hung out with a lot of interesting named people, <laughs> like Tooth Sweet, Tooth Sweet, Spider, Spider Johnson, yeah, yeah, Spider Johnson, Tooth Sweet, other blues musicians, and so uh, everybody's got cool names in here. So, so Harry is like, I'm gonna go down to New Orleans. I'm, uh, I'm gonna see what's going on, and also. Before this, he went back to the church, which the wall was completely clear. That that bloody wall, perfectly clean. Yep, <laughs> perfectly Beautiful. clean. But in that room, in that room, uh, there was an altar, a voodoo altar. Yep. Uh oh. And when he goes downstairs, there's a there's a they're they're just carrying around the pastor of that church from earlier. Yeah, on like a throne. On a throne, like. And uh, oh no, it seems like people are following Harry. People are giving chase to him. So somebody's on his tail. Somebody is hired out by somebody, and they're, they're after him. And so fast forward, he heads down, down south to New Orleans, where the rest of the movie takes place. Yep. The end. <laughs> he never <laughs> finds it. out anything, and it ends. <laughs> so what happens next? Uh, he, oh, he goes, to, he goes to the fortune teller's house. He goes to Cruise Sex. Yes, uh, he goes to Madame Krug. Well, Madame Zora, uh, but remember. we'll say Madame Zora from now on because yeah. we can't remember her real name. I got her name here. So he goes to visit Madame Zora, and he gives her uh, the birth date of Gianni Favorite, yeah, who was apparently a lover of hers. Yes, and he was born on Valentine's Day. Yep, born on Valentine's Day, and Which he also, says, "Why don't you just give me that guy's stuff?" Fun, fun little fact that you bring that up. Is that Alan Parker said that wasn't in the book? Uh, he put that because it's his birthday. 
Valentine's Day? Yeah, Alan Parker is a Valentine's baby. He's like, oh, no, it just made it easy to remember, so I just put my birthday in it. <laughs> so, uh, Margaret. Margaret Cruzmark. Sorry. Margaret. Cruzmark. Margaret Cruzmark. Yes. 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 Anyways, continue. Yeah. So, um, he starts pushing... And asking for information about Johnny Favorite. And she's like, wait, you don't want your birth chart done? Yeah, you don't want that done? Get the fuck out of here. And he leaves. Yes. Um, he then goes back to his hotel room. What happens then? I can't remember. So around this time, it's a, it's a whole lot of investigation. So everything kind of bleeds together. Yeah, it really does. Uh, he goes to he goes to. He eventually ends up going back. He, he, yeah. Or no. No. First, he goes to the goes oyster to, bar. Well, where the musicians yeah, are playing. Yeah, he goes to oyster bar. To go um, so he's he's going around the different clubs and bars. He goes to a lot of bars. <laughs> he goes to a lot of bars. Yeah. Uh, talking to different musicians and people and all that. Um. And uh, uh, he meets Tooth Sweet. Yep, the guitarist of Johnny Favorite. He's like, "Hey, here's a play of Johnny Favorite." He's like, "I don't really know, man." We we he played some of my songs. Yeah, he covered a song of mine, but doesn't make us friends. And Harry Angel is like, "I don't know what any of this means because I don't understand music." (laughs) He's like, "Well, no bullshit. I'll kill you (laughs) if somebody if somebody covers your music. It doesn't mean anything. It just." It just means they cover your song. They like your song. It's like that means you don't you don't know each other. And he's like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. He's like, all right. So it gets kind of rough with them. It's like you know who he is. It's like I swear to fucking god, I don't. <laughs> and he's like, well, look at your gold tooth. It's a pentagram. And he's like, okay. And also, uh, Margaret had a uh, she had a necklace that was a pentagram. Pentagram as well. Correct. Um. So. Uh, uh, He's like, okay, well, fuck it, whatever. I'll be back. I'm going to question you some more. Um, during this time, he's wandering around to find that Johnny Favorite had a lover. And he sees a young woman played by Lisa Bonet, who has a child. Epiphany Proudfoot. Yeah, Epiphany is Lisa Bonet's character's name. And he's like, oh, yeah, your mom knew Johnny Favorite. Whatever. And she's like, Johnny Favorite? The singer? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, how the fuck does everybody know this guy? I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, and they, they start, you know, kind of flirting about it. Well, he flirts with her. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got a kid that just like, he's, he just cries all the time. She's like, hey, stop. And he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> he gets very upset. He gets very upset about uh, uh, Harry. Also, Harry has the thing about chickens. Yeah, he, he's scared of chickens. He's scared of chickens, reason. which I think I have a reason why in a little bit. Okay. When we when, when we get a little bit deeper in the film and more spoilery territory, um, but yeah, he's he has the thing about chickens. He's like, where around? There's chickens fucking all over the goddamn place, everywhere. There's just chickens yeah. all over. Um, he also sees them sacrifice uh, chickens yeah. along with Epiphany at night. Yeah, he uh, sees Too Sweet at a voodoo ritual that's happening at night. That that Epiphany is also at, and they're sacrificing chickens and having a whole like orgy and stuff there. Um. And all that, and he goes back to sweets like, "Hey, you were at that orgy last night." It's like, "I don't know Johnny Favorite." He's like, "What was the time about? I was talking about the orgy." He's like, "Oh, yeah, I was there." 
Of course, yeah. He was like, have you been here in New Orleans in 1955? Not a lot to do except for apparently go to oyster bars and do voodoo. That's all. That's That's really the only option you have. (laughs) Beale Street hasn't been really solidified yet. (laughs) I don't know that. That might not be true. (laughs) Yeah, probably probably not what it is now. But, um... No, by 1955, it was it was something. It was definitely it was a black district at that time for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, he's he goes back to his hotel room that he has. Also, he rents a car for what we imagine is probably five bucks. Yeah, and they're, they're like, like five dollars. You can keep the car. <laughs> Holy shit, a whole fiver! <laughs> wow, Mister, <laughs> you give me two pennies, I'll fill the tank up. <laughs> He's like, hey, gas doesn't cost that much. He's like, it's a dealership. What are yeah, you doing? You're bleeding me two pennies. <laughs> I'll give you a wheat penny and a straw. It's like, ah, oh, perfect. All right. All right. Fine. You talk me down. <laughs> so uh, uh, the cops come to his home that, or to his hotel room the next day and like, hey, we hear you were going around. What, well, do they go to his home or do they just, yeah, they go to the hotel room. Yeah. To question him. And they're like, hey, so we hear you were around talking for people and you've been you've been asked these uh you were seeing a club last night talking too sweet well he showed up dead today he's like what too sweet says like yeah his balls and penis were cut off and shoved down his throat and he died of asphyxiation <laughs> he wanted to see if he could suck his own cock <laughs> he did the worst way possible he mutilated himself and then sucked his dick and then he probably died of shock and asphyxiation <laughs> So why are you coming to me? I don't know. I just wanted to share. <laughs> I don't know. They said you talked to him. I'm telling everybody that knew him. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> that is nuts. Like, um, so he's yeah. like, that is pretty fucking nuts. <laughs> so he's like, I don't know. And then he immediately, fuck. Okay. <laughs> he immediately assumes that Epiphany had something to do with Toot's death. Yeah. Because like, well, she's in voodoo. <laughs> yeah, she's in voodoo. Yeah, you did send the cheat sweet. Yeah. And she's like, uh, yeah, maybe, who knows? <laughs> like, why not? Doesn't really give a clear answer. And he's like, hey, you want to come back to my hotel? <laughs> well, does that happen for you or does he go back? No, he goes back to Margaret's place first, right? Yes, you're right. Before so he goes back to Margaret's place to follow up with her. And she's dead. He's like, all my leads are starting to dry up. I don't know. And uh, Margaret has had her uh, car- heart her heart cut out. Her heart cut out. It's on a table. He also finds a dead man's hand. A mummified hand. A hand. Yeah. And uh, all kinds of weird voodoo shit in there as well. And he's like, ooh, spooky. Oh, oh, spooky. Man, I'm a white man in the 50s. I can't accept anything. <laughs> Different customs in my white life. This is crazy. Uh, so yeah, he goes to Lisa Bonet or Epiphany. He's like, "Hey, uh, you're dead. Yes, I'm do with it." She's like, eh, "I don't know, maybe. I don't fucking know." But uh, I did know Johnny. He's like, and then Harry's like, "Johnny, favorite, my favorite <laughs> singer." He's like, "I bought all his records." <laughs> For some reason, I don't remember buying them, but I have all of them. <laughs> I've been blacking out a lot recently. <laughs> He's also been having flashbacks to uh, New Year's Eve, 1943. Yes, where he returned from the war. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, well, yeah, he returned from the war. It was right before he got shipped out to the war. It was when he returned from the war. Um, and 
And she's like, okay. It's like, hey, well, uh, this is crazy. Let's go back to my place. And she's like, all right. <laughs> she's like, okay. Well, we'll go back uh, to your hotel room. Uh, it's raining. It's very wet. And that's not the only thing that's wet. <laughs> um, because this room is about to get very wet. Uh, so they're there, and it's like, you want a drink? She's like, okay. And she's like, you want to dance? And he's like, well, my legs are fucked up because a dog bit me. Oh, yeah, dog attacked him. Yeah. He's investigating. Done, man. A whole bunch of people kept on attacking him. His whole, he's been getting fucked up. We're, we're, we're going through a lot of this because it all starts blurring together. He's been doing a lot of investigating, okay? <laughs> he gets attacked now and then. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to spell it out for you. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, yeah, well, I knew Johnny. And uh, quickly, you're able to kind of put together where it's like, well, you're, how old are you? And she's like, 17. And he's like, oh, all right. It's like, and when was your mom seeing Johnny? It's like, yeah, this time. It's like, oh, okay. It's 1955 now. It's not around then. Okay, well, yeah, it would be 17 years ago. All right, well, well, I, I made a follow-up with questions about that. I mean, it doesn't make too much sense. I'm really bad at math, but um, <laughs> so, something isn't something Too isn't many camels, right man. Yeah. And she's like, anyways, you want to dance? It's like, okay. Well, my leg is pretty fucked up. She's like, okay. So he immediately lifts her in the <laughs> he air. Lifts her up and dances <laughs> with her whole holding her in the air. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't know if I can dance. I can't move much, but let me rip. <laughs> and then they immediately start to fuck. Uh, Violently. And it's a pretty graphic sex scene. Um, it's a, enough of a graphic sex scene where they had to cut 20 seconds off of the actual sex scene uh, to avoid an X rating. Um to get down to R. Um, and it's like, okay, well, sex is like, first of all, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty, it's pretty passion steamy. It's very, it's pretty hot and stuff like that. And then it just starts getting more and more violent. And then, uh, it starts raining blood inside of the hotel room. Slayer and, in the bathroom. Yeah. And there's blood going down the walls and all on their, all over them and stuff. And it's, starting to cut more and more and you're seeing visions of the orgy and you're seeing you know cuts of of them violently fucking him very violently fucking her uh choking her yeah and she starts screaming and stuff and uh eventually it ends and he comes to and she is doesn't seem too thrilled no i, <laughs> I uh i would understand <laughs> And he's like, oh, all right, well, see you later. All right, bye. <laughs> I had to go do more investigating. <laughs> it's the 50s. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> We're allowed to be the worst people on earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Which, which the cops say later on, where it's like, oh, they come by the next day. The cops come by again. They're like, hey, uh, the, that one woman you said that you were here to see, she, we found her with her heart cut out. You know anything about that? And he's like, no. It's like, Who's this? Uh, who's this black person you got in there? It's like uh, a friend of mine. It's like, oh, well, you know, uh, black people are uh, not people, right? And he's <laughs> it's like, like okay. He's like, like, all right. He's like, see ya. Just <laughs> <laughs> gotta leave. Just like I want to say a bunch of racist southern white shit to you, and then fuck about on my day. Just fuck off the rest of my day. Like cops now. <laughs> off you fuck. <laughs> you know. Uh, yes, pretty much. Nothing's changed. Um, ACAB. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's not like they were going to go into the hotel room. They, apparently, cops have a hard time going into any building. But, um, <laughs> um, 
and, uh, we'll leave that there. And, um, and so Harry's like, I need more investigating. <laughs> so he does. Uh, where does he go next? Uh, does, does, oh, he meets up with Louise Cipher again. At another church. Yeah. Big old Catholic there. church. Yeah, I didn't know you'd be in town. Yeah. Fuck, why am I yawning so much? Yeah, because the hotel manager's like, hey, yes, uh, you have a you have a message. And he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I gotta go. Let me go. And Louis Cipher's there, and he's just, uh, he's like, oh, how's everything going? I heard it's not going great. I'm here. <laughs> hey, I'm here. Tell <laughs> me about it. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, well, um, here's all the things I found out. Uh, I found a guy with his genitals cut off and put in his throat. And Louis like, oh, yeah? Tell me more about that. Because <laughs> if I was him, I'd be like, excuse me? <laughs> wait. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> and then I would have been like, wait, let me try to guess. Did he try to suck his own dick, but he did the wrong way by cutting off his dick and then shoving his throat and he accidentally yeah, choked on it? did it to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, never mind. He's like, well, listen, I thought the same thing. And it's like, oh, okay. yeah, all right. You know, like, you know. We're, on the same path. we're on the same wavelength. Trust me, it crossed my mind a couple of times. <laughs> well, if I just cut it off, oh, wait, but then I won't feel it. You yeah. probably didn't think about that. Yeah. You probably didn't think you wouldn't feel it. Exactly. He thought maybe it's like a decapitated head. Like, it keeps going for 10 seconds. He's like, maybe if I do this real quick. <laughs> Make it so back on <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the other eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Probably the same thing that, you know, David Carradine thought when he hung us up. Like, okay, if I come fast enough, I'll be able to get the belt off. <laughs> <laughs> With the other eight seconds. <laughs> Two seconds to do it. Eight seconds to get myself His dad out. must be so proud. His dad was super dead before that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, John Kennedy. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so he's like, all right, well, I'm going to keep on investigating. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I know. Just to make sure, like, you're actually doing your job. Wait, are you sure you don't know Johnny Favorite? <laughs> I may have heard that. He's like, I mean, I know who he is now. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of investigating. He's like, all right, see ya. <laughs> and he leaves. And, uh, Harry goes about, and he's like, all right, I think I've figured out enough. I'm going to go question Margaret's dad. <laughs> who is also the guy who has been sending people with dogs after him. Yes, he finds out that he's the one that's been sending all these heavies after him that, that Harry's been fighting off. So he goes to Ethan Cruz, Mark, um, who is at a chicken fighting horse racing rally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of some sort. And uh, he's like, all right, come on. We're going to go talk about this in private. <laughs> and he's like, okay, cool. And he's like, want some gumbo? And he's like, I got an acidic stomach. Uh, and gumbo doesn't agree with me. And he's like, well, you pr- should probably get that checked out. If your blood is made of acid, it's probably not the best. <laughs> he's like, well, no, that's not that's not how it works. He's like, it's 1955 in the South. I don't understand science or, or what people should have rights and don't. Anyways, come on in here. Let's talk about gumbo. <laughs> he's like, okay, whatever. So I go in there, and he's like, you're, you're looking for Johnny Favorite. And he's like, finally, somebody understands what the fuck I'm talking about. And uh, what happens next, Blaze? So after uh, he finds this guy, he's like, all right, let's go talk in private. They go in to a cabin behind him. 
And he pours what I assume is either vodka or gin. Yeah, one of two. Which he's not able to eat gumbo, but he's like, oh, oh fuck I'll, it. Yeah, I'll take Straight it. Liquor? Liquor? Like, <laughs> fuck the ass in my and stomach. And he's like, okay, what the fuck happened? You're, you're fucking Edward Kelly. You're the guy who took him out, and your daughter was the one who was there. And he was like, all right. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> Immediately, he's like, got me. Yeah, uh, yeah, you got me. <laughs> I, like, I guess the tip that was sending out all these guys to, like, kill you or stop you was, like, like okay, well, what does he fucking look like? And he's like, I don't know. He was bandaged, and then we just dropped him off in Manhattan after and I he's gave like, him the $25,000. He, he was made of bandages. I know this. And he's like... <laughs> No, he was he was a regular person. Covered in bandages. bandages. He's like, oh my god, this is a new crack in the case. <laughs> Johnny Favreau. The why does he sound muffled in all his recordings? Like, that's just recording technology now. I don't know. Like, he's not covered in bandages. <laughs> Wait, are you going to tell me that movie that came out 20 years ago, The Invisible Man, that guy wasn't made out of bandages? Like, no, that was Claude Rains. He's not made of bandages. He's a regular guy. Bullshit. What the fuck is happening? Bullshit. <laughs> he's not actually invisible. No. Yeah, but he starts <laughs> flipping out when uh, he's like, no, you did not pay $25,000 to drop a dude with amnesia in the middle of New York. That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, uh, we did it. Because he's like, wait, it's not your daughter who's the devil worshiper. It's you. You're the devil worshiper. <laughs> and he's like, ah, but you missed it. <laughs> you should have seen it, Johnny. Johnny. He took this army boy, a young army boy, in 1943. Does that ring a bell? And Johnny's like, oh, I feel sick. I gotta oh, go Harry. To the- <laughs> Harry, whatever. And he, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I feel sick. I gotta throw. Who was the boy? Who was the boy? He's like, I don't know. Just and he some- did on New Year's Eve. <laughs> he's like, oh, God, that's what I got back. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then... He talks about how Johnny sacrificed this young boy who had returned from the military on that night and how uh, uh, he would replace his soul or whatever in him. and They would place his soul in a new body to get he, away from whatever deal he had with Yeah, because he Cypher. raised the devil yes. in, uh, in the middle of the apartment complex, apparently. Yes. And... So he saw the devil, and he was like, oh, my God, this is insane. And he's like, I am straight up into this devil-worshipping shit. Yeah, like, the I devil, just saw the devil, I'm in. Like, And the devil gave him a career. Yeah, as a singer. How yes. about that? As everybody's favorite Johnny. And he said, who the fuck was the boy? And he said, "They, Johnny gave a vase to Margaret. Sealed with the dog tags of the soldier. I'm not sure who it was. And then he gets locked out of a room while he's trying to throw up in the bathroom. And he goes around and he finds the man has been boiled in the pot of gumbo that he was trying to off. And so probably went in there and was like, oh my god, this body's going to ruin the gumbo. So he runs <laughs> ruin the frantically gumbo. through the rain to get back to Margaret's apartment. And he goes up and tears it apart looking for this vase. And when he smashes the vase... He, he tears finds, an apartment? <laughs> <laughs> he finds the vase and smashes it and pulls up the dog tags. And there on the dog tags... Taz... Tags... <laughs> ba, ba, ba. <laughs> uh, it says, Angel Harry. Harold. <laughs> Whatever. 
Harry Angel. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now he is flipping the fuck out. He's like, no, I know who I am. I know who I am. And uh, Louis Cipher is in the room now? Yeah. How? He he's like, hey, what's going on? Hey, it's... <laughs> My ponytail's down now. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And... He's like, you have very nice hair. He's like, I know. <laughs> Lo and behold... He is Lucifer. Yeah. And even, even Harry's like, if your name is a... Dime store joke. Dime store joke, yeah. Louis Cipher, Lucifer, got it. All right. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, yeah, so uh, he explains to him that he is Johnny Favorite. <laughs> and who he thought he was was the person that Johnny Favorite sacrificed that night. Yes. Um, in that he owes him a great debt. Yeah, because he's like, hey, I gave you a career, and you try to run from me by switching bodies, but, I mean, I, I, already, I already knew it was you. I just needed you to remember it so I could take your fucking soul. Yeah, so he runs back to his hotel room and finds Epiphany dead, and apparently a gun shoved up in her. Her genitals. <laughs> and, uh... Upper, upper. And they're like, yeah. uh, why did you come back here? And he was like, uh, he's like, you're going you're to fry for this, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, listen, I was going to let you off because of me. Come on. <laughs> and he's like pointing at his skin. He's like, come on. <laughs> and Harry's like, I, I don't, I don't get it. He's like, yeah, you do. He's like, all right. And he's like, but there is this fucking kid here. And you killed a white lady. <laughs> it's like, I'm not rushing you for this one. I'm rushing you for the white people that are dead. <laughs> There's like three of them. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's 1955. Okay, seasons gotcha. Seasons change and seasons go. <laughs> but racism, it's all the time. Yeah, all the time. Um, all the time. And... Um, yeah, so it uh, turns out that he had been influenced without his knowledge to murder all these people that had been dying on him. And the devil literally made him do it. The devil made him do it. Yes. And, 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 and the, also, we see Robert De Niro, and he's like, he points at him, he has these cartoon eyes, like, <laughs> he's like, oh no, I'm, I'm Johnny Favorite. And then they pull out Epiphany's son from the bathroom why he was there i don't know <laughs> and he has the cartoon eyes pasted over him he's like <laughs> and uh then we have about uh 15 minutes of credits <laughs> and him going down an elevator <laughs> which we assume, assume is going to hell uh but here's what you had here's the epiphany of it all which i mean a name like epiphany is very much on the nose <laughs> yeah but the epiphany is that harry angel is Johnny Favorite. And Johnny Favorite is Epiphany's dad. And so Johnny Favorite fucked his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill Cosby fired Lisa Bonet because Bill Cosby says, the only person that fucks my imaginary daughter is me. <laughs> He's, he said, this hits too close to home. I'm going to have to let you go before they start sniffing me out. <laughs> Don't worry, there's going to be 800 other victims or however much. But don't worry, because of a trial mishap, I'll be let go anyways. Because fuck this place. 
Yep. And, uh, yeah. So Angel Heart. It's good. It's a good film. Uh, it's underrated. I think it's a pretty damn good occult film. It's a slow burn, but I like a slow burn. It gets more violent and weird as it has a goes good along. Payoff. Yeah, it pays off. Unlike unlike Hellbenders. Yes. Um, I thought it was in, it was another piece of trivia I knew. Oh, so why I think he's afraid of chickens, even though they never explain it, is that early in the film you see some chicken feet, and he's kind of weird out by it. But do chicken feet? Does that ward off evil in some way? Like how it was like tied up and stuff? Because it was like some type of like voodoo, like, you know, like you know, thing. I, th- I think that's true, but yeah. I... Siri, that shit. I will. Um, also, there's... Uh, you want to talk about the fans real quick? Yeah, so in each scene, when somebody's about to die, or they're re- uh, going back in time to a death, there are these fans blowing... Um, and they slowly go out. And apparently the director said that it was a version of an idea of uh, the Greek personification of death coming in winds. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, interesting concept. Um, voodoo and folk beliefs, only just, just seeing this. Um, so, witchcraft, but chicken feet are used in voodoo and hoodoo to scrape the evil off the soul. All right, that answers that then. Yeah, good stuff. Some serpent in the rainbow shit. Yeah, right and they there. never, they never. The, the good thing about that movie, they never say what it is. It's just a little thing you you'll notice while watching. But never, yeah. they don't have any expository dialogue. It's like and chickens. You don't like chickens because chicken feet is like well because black people. It's like no, no, you racist. Like stop. <laughs> it's like oh sorry. It's like because because you're you're possessed and it wards off evil. And it's like. Oh, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, it's good. Uh, it is definitely worth a watch. Mickey Rourke, uh, Lisa Bonet, and... Bobby uh, D, our best Bobby friend. Bobby B, our buddy Bobby B. <laughs> Bobby D. Bobby D. Uh, he, uh, they all did great. Front, front of the podcast, Robert De Niro. He knows us. We, Ask we, him. Yeah, <laughs> we, we offered him to do a geezer teaser, and he's like, how much you want to pay me? And we're like, you know, like, 60 bucks, and he's like, all right. <laughs> he's okay. Like, he's like, this is going straight to Redbox? We're like, well, come on, Rob. Of course it is. And he's like, all right. <laughs> all right. It's not going to make it on Netflix until a few years my later. My asshole right? ex-wife spent all of my money. Did you ever hear about that? No. Is his ex, him and his most recent wife, his second wife, they divorced like a year or two ago mm. because I guess he had a meltdown in a bar. Like, where they're there, and it's like, and because of you and your spending is why to keep on making these shitty movies, I ruined my career. Holy shit. So he's been making all these, like, bad, like, direct-to-redbox films because, like, she has, like, terrible spending habits. And, like, he's like, I ruined my reputation for you and all this. Oh, my God. That's so, sad. Yeah. But he didn't because Robert De Niro is still very highly regarded. Oh, no. I'm no, like Bruce Willis. I feel that way about me and guitars. Like, <laughs> she's like, you're ruining fucking everything. I work this job I hate. So you could use your money to buy fucking guitars. And you're like. <laughs> what do you think of that? Sounds pretty sick, right? <laughs> she's like, I'm sick of these guitars. But yeah. Angel Heart. Check, Check it out. out. <laughs> All right. That brings us to our next segment, too. Another curation of Blaze's Cabin to Video Game Curiosities. Alright, so, what video game is it? An occult video game? 
No. Dude, I never watched Angel Heart. I didn't know what to prepare for, and I didn't want to look it up. Is it a detective video game? Oh, we're talking about L.A. Noir. Okay. It's kind of detective-y. <laughs> so, uh, this is a game called Is Simon There? No. Um, he's not. Correct. Okay, uh, so you saved me 20 bucks. <laughs> developed by Stanislaw Trakowski and published by Turnvex. All right. Um, so I'll read you the synopsis of kind of to set this up. A few months have passed since the death of uh, your son, Simon. Ever since that tragic day, he finds himself falling into the darkest emotions he could ever imagine. He's haunted every day with what he had done, but sometimes he is haunted by more than just his emotions. So this game starts off kind of strangely. You wake up on a couch. The alarm's going off. You're like, oh, I got to turn that shit off. And so you have to go to the kitchen, grab a chair, put it up there, turn off the alarm. And then you walk back to the kitchen and a uh, phone starts ringing. And you pick up the phone and it's just this like young voice. He's like, hello, is Simon there? And then suddenly you hear like crashing behind you and stuff like that. You go around, nothing's there, but something's broken on the floor. Uh, It's kind of, it has that feeling of... um, where you it's it's kind of like the pt where it depends on how many times you go down a certain path and stuff like that all right um and you come into the living room and the snow is blowing in and you're like oh shit who the fuck opened the window i gotta close this make sure nobody's coming in as soon as you close it a hand smacks onto the window some weird long lanky hand and you start going around the house trying to find where the hell that came from and you're like okay first thing i gotta do is i gotta go get my gun i gotta get that make sure nobody's trying to break in and you notice the door front door starts jiggling when you go to check it and then all the power goes out and uh, it's it's one of these games where it kind of leaves you in the mystery of what actually happened to this person's son but you also see this strange entity that is showing parts of its body but it's not straight up attacking you like you'll see it hiding behind something with its feet hanging out or Hmm. you'll see an arm hanging out somewhere and it'll be like okay you need to go call the police or something like that you got to call the police same voices is simon there i'm looking for simon and so you just keep getting these phone calls and every time you do something paranormal happens uh when that happens so there's uh, a small amount of puzzles uh there's a lot of uh walking back and forth to try and you know spark some an event to happen but um it's it's really uh, not a long game it's five bucks but it i think it's worth it because the story is good okay, and it's cool. an interesting twist at the end uh, but it only takes about 40 minutes to beat all right so it's a good one to sit down and just kind of uh, you know take if you're bored one day and you have a free hour that's the way i would spend it like if you don't have a better hobby. <laughs> Wasn't there a uh, there's a video game we talked about in an earlier episode where the second part finally came out? The second episode came out recently? Yes. Yes. You're talking about uh, Fears to Fathom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I haven't played it. No? Okay. Because yeah. uh, one of the guys that 
Publix deli counter, uh, the Nose Butter podcast was was like, oh, do you play such and such? Fears of Adam the Hitchhiker. Yeah. I have not played it yet. I'm going to. And I'm like, yeah, it's like the second episode just came. I'm like, oh yeah, we talked about the first episode uh, in a previous episode. Hmm. So or the first chapter, previous episode, whatever. Um, he's like, oh cool. I'm like, yeah. I'm all right. Like, I'm like, listen to the podcast. He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, all right. No, I, I just want to know you're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. He always asks me, like, you watch any cool horror movies lately? And I'm like, he's really, he's a nice guy. But uh, I'm like, no, nah, yeah, man. I'm like, I don't want to hold this line up. <laughs> it's oh, just yeah. in my sandwich. It's not, it's not like that other cat that works at that Publix. Oh, I know. He's so nice, but it's like, dude, you there is like seven people behind me, and you will not stop trying to spark your oh, conversation. He, he, he drives me fucking nuts. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but no, uh, uh, the guy there, Connor, nice guy. If you're listening, man, we'll talk about the next episode. <laughs> we'll talk about whatever Blaze actually finds plays the next episode of that game. We'll talk about it on here. Yeah, so, I'll play it. Yeah, cool. All right, that brings us to our uh, next segment. Uh huh. All right, time for another tell in mythology biology. <laughs> You heard that Mortal Kombat music, so you know it's time. Fuck you. <laughs> I did my best. You heard that Mortal Kombat ripoff music that plays did. That means it's time for mythology biology. Yeah, this I actually gathered uh, a bit of information on this one because I found it kind of an interesting thing. Uh, so this actually is uh, Slavic. Okay. Mythology coming from uh, originated in Poland. Uh, it is a, a demon called the Beda. Okay. Uh, it is spelled either B E D A or B I E D A. Okay. So uh, the um, Beda is connected uh, directly to extreme poverty, tragedy, and misfortune. Uh, Polish folklore tradition. Uh, has tons of proverbs uh, that actually include the beta as one of the main characters. So you'll see that uh, demon show up in a lot of old Slavic tales. Uh, the word beta can be translated uh, actually directly as poverty, which makes the demon more interesting considering the way it was interpreted in mythology. In the past, the concept of a beta, or poverty, rounded uh, wider notions of misfortune embodied through the character and actions of the beta. And in short, kind of meant like if you were poor, you were haunted by a beta. Mm, And that's what caused it. Yep. The appearance was a, uh, a very skeletal female form that dressed in tons of rags. And um, the hair was thin and long, uh, flat white eyes presented as two black round voids sticking out of her head. Um, uh, a lot of people reported uh, like in these tales that they had actually seen a beta or had been hunted by a beta. And uh, the quest of the folk tales for a beta is mainly that the demon wanders around uh, the entire world looking for families that own farms. So when she would find the right family in the right house, she turned into a mouse, sparrow, or log, or other sort of thing. Um, mainly creatures of small size, so people wouldn't 
noticed that the beta was in the house. Um, so ma mainly because if somebody knew a beta was in the house, they would know that it's bringing misfortune and they would try and kill her. Mm. So uh, the presence of a beta can cause fires, deaths of your cattle and groups of animals, or disappearance of crops. Being a victim of capitalism. Yeah, pretty much the beta is uh, uh, like a personification of capitalism. <laughs> yep. So uh, the final goal of a beta is uh, and not the fish. Mm -hmm. uh, people believe that they entered your home, they will never go away. It seemed like, which, funny enough, gave good reason for people to be like, oh, well, that's because you're haunted by a beta. It's not because our system sucks. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so um, the only way uh, that most people would be able to get rid of a beta was that they would uh, either be killed by the beta or they would kill themselves because of all the things the beta was doing. And that was her goal, is to make sure that the family died, hmm. either by her hands or their own hands. Sounds like the government. Um, so uh, it wasn't easy, but people believed that there was a spell that could actually persuade them to go to your enemy's home. Oh. <laughs> so you could... <laughs> white people man we suck like it's not like oh this will dispel and protect our community we're like no nah, fuck greg like <laughs> fuck that asshole <laughs> like those polacks yeah how <laughs> they came up with this <laughs> yeah so people would try and burn them and discard items but uh typically it was in vain unless you made the beta go into somebody else's house yep. because you're a piece of shit so yeah I thought it was kind of an interesting character because sure. people blamed poverty on this demonic, like, fictional force yeah. instead of being like, hey, we actually need to, you know, work a better system out so people have more equal footing. And it's like, no, fuck that. That's a demon. You're evil. Like, always the best thing about these folktales is always like before, you know, we had, we were, the, normal people more privy to information right whether it's science or just social information it was just like they would just come up with shit it's like it has to be this it has to be a supernatural thing yeah that's why i can't have kids yep this is why i live in I'm poverty cursed. yeah this is why you know whatever it's like well no there's actually a logical reason for that no it's this and the yep. government definitely loved that one though <laughs> just like, like, oh, this oh no uh, you're just poor because you're uh you got a poor demon. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's an interesting folktale. Cool. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. Well, that is another episode of Bladed Apples. Uh, if next week, next week we will be talking about Hellraiser. Hell. Hellraiser. Jesus Christ. Hellraiser. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> next week we'll be talking about Hellraiser Bloodline, the fourth in the Hellraiser series. Uh, Pinhead in Space, sure, is as good as the other Hellraiser in Space movie we talked about previously, Event Horizon. Who knows? But goodness gravy will be our <laughs> next goodness episode. Goodness fucking gravy. Um, it will be the next episode. Um, if you want to reach us before that, though, you can. You can reach out to, to be us. like, please, no, not Bloodlines. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do Bloodline. 
Um, you can reach us at Bladed Apples Podcast at gmail.com. Drop us an email there. Or on the Instagram. That's the easiest place to reach us, Bladed probably. Bladed Apples Pod. Bladed Apples Pod. Uh, that's where we're the most active. Got a comment, got a concern, got a request, want to tell us, hey, man, we need to hear these jokes come up again. We know we've been slacking on some of the jokes we brought up a lot. We're sorry. But you know what? We're working on new material. Yeah. We're just trying to find somebody else to hate on other than Hans Zimmer or Dave Grohl. Fuck them both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or whoever else. Rest uh, in hell. <laughs> Blaze, Blaze has a beef with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, this uh, was for you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you have any uh, requests or what you think of Angel Heart or anything else, see Crimes of the Future, tell us what you think. We'll read it. We'll read it on the air. Um, thanks to Stefan Mize for doing our art. Awesome guy. Follow him on Instagram, Stefan Mize, or at Crawling Panther Tattoo Parlor. Awesome guy. Awesome tattoo artist. Loves horror. Um, thanks to Blaze for being an awesome co-host and putting all this together. And I think that's about it. Anything to add? Nope. All right. See you later, fuckers. All right, fuckers. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.